Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as usual. We have our evening with medium events anticipated for December 4th, 2020 at the Hampton Inn. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com. You can go and get those now at no risk. If we do need to cancel the event due to COVID, Mm. um, everything will be returned, every last penny or nickel, however we're dealing in dollars and cents these days. Um, So you can go ahead and purchase those uh, and your seat will be reserved. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are very brief 10 to 15 minute shows. They run in a group of five and are available the very first week of every single month. We give the first one away to you at the website by sarlo.com and on YouTube. The remaining four in those series will be available at patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. And we cover emotional and intuitive intelligence. Imagine that. Yeah, and patreon.com is a great platform. Even if SIPS is not uh, what you're most interested in, there are plenty of other benefits in the different tiers if you want to check that out. It's a month-to-month membership, so there's no um, long-term mm-hmm. commitment, which is really great. You can kind of jump around, see what it's all about, and be supported in that growth. Mm-hmm. We also do private sessions. So Kelly and I each have our own separate practices. Our client base is global all over the world, and we use FaceTime, Skype, Telephone, Zoom, WhatsApp, and Theralink. And the sessions are as accurate as if you're in person. Yes, and last but not least, before we get into the show, we have gift certificates available for purchase anywhere in the world, because as you've just heard, you can receive Mm -hmm. your session from anywhere in the world. So if you are here locally, we can arrange for a contactless pickup if you want a tangible card, or we can do an e-card sent out to anyone looking to purchase, and the denomination is your call. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, ready to go. I am. Now you've got um, you've got today's show prepared. I do. Is that a surprise? <laughs> Not to me or anyone. <laughs> okay. Um, who do you? Um, it's about a woman. Okay. So do you want to name her? Do I want to name her? Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to name her. Um, you know what? I feel like at this point, it's long overdue. We're going to call her Shonda. <gasps> Because how have I gone this long without calling an actual character on our show Shonda? Okay, so for anybody who's new to this, Kelly picks the names of people off of Grey's Anatomy. Because Kelly's obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. Well, yes, Karen and Kelly. It's not for lack of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a running reel in my head. Right. Okay. So this is Shonda. Um, she calls in for her session by, oh, pardon me. We could see each other. So, okay, so any of the forms where we can see each other. And at the very beginning of the session, after our consent process, um, she tells me that she wants medium and that she would like to speak to her dad. And her dad comes through really easy, super gentle um, and very kind. And he says, okay, so like I'm giving you that energy now. But when I was on earth, I wasn't like this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, what were you like on earth? And he goes, well, well, and he doesn't want to explain his death at the beginning. He goes, can we just skip to what I was like in my personality? And I said, yeah. Well, Karen, he says, there were different sides to me. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you know how some people are just a rock, like they're just steady in their character, whatever it is. And I said, yeah. He goes, I flip-flopped. And he says, so there were days where I could be really selfish and self-absorbed, 
really angry and not very nice, and other days where I was really a lovely person, could listen, be really compassionate, empathic. He says, I was all over the map. That's rough. And I said to him, okay, do I lead with that? And he goes, yes, please. And so I did. I I said this all to Shonda, and she said, "Um, that's very true about my dad's character on earth. Why is he all calm as get out now? And he says to me, well, he says, "Um, it has to do with my death. And he says, and I'll get to that in, in a little while. And he says, but I don't, I don't want to go into how I died just yet. He goes, I, I want to say some things to my daughter about what she's going through. And I said, okay, what's she going through? And he says, well, he says, there's commotion going on in the family since I've passed. And I said, what kind of commotion? Like, is it all emotional stuff? Like they're grieving? Is this a relatively new death? And he goes, no, no. He goes, I passed um, in, I think he said at the beginning of COVID or something, which depending where she is, could be mm, December, right. January, like, I mean, the beginning of COVID in different countries and on different continents has has varied mm-hmm. by a few months. But suffice it to say, it's been within the last year, let's, or let's say six months at the most. Oh, pardon me. No. I think about people listening to this in the future and they're like, oh my God, 2020. Yeah. (laughs) And now we understand why she's arguing and trying to figure out exactly what month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She doesn't remember and neither do we. (laughs) Uh, So he talks about the fact that he, he passes at the beginning of COVID. And of course, the way that you've worded it to be a blur is really accurate. And of course, what comes through in his session is that it's extremely difficult because they can't get to lawyers' offices Mm -hmm. to deal with a will and to, oh my God, it's, it is really complicated. Right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And he says, you know, and she hasn't seen her aunts and uncles. Some of them have called, some of them haven't because they kept thinking COVID would just end and we'll all get together by the summer, by the spring, by the fall. And they just kept thinking, oh, within a month, we'll be able to get together as a family. It came and passed. And then there's just no connection. So she's feeling super isolated in terms of grieving with aunts and uncles and Mm. family members, even her own siblings. So her dad says, um, I just want to acknowledge that this is a crossing during COVID. And and then I got to thinking, okay, so did he die of COVID then? Is that what he doesn't want to get to? Because this is really terrible, like the way that he died because of it, the disease or the virus. And he goes, oh, no, no, I told you to tell you in a minute. <laughs> and then I see the irritated side of him that he used to be and how quickly he shifted from that he could be calm to like jumping and like an attack mode quickly. Like you didn't get that. And then like he just changes like so quickly, right, in his emotions. So I looked at him, I said, you're cranky. Have you had a nap? <laughs> and he just starts to laugh. He goes, well, I like your sense of humor. He says, but I'm dead and I, I'm not going to nap. <laughs> I said, you might want one. <laughs> he says, no, I'm just trying to present my character to you. So I relayed all these these messages to her, and she said that they were true. 
And she says, what, what else have you got? And, and, you know, if people are thinking, how was she responding to you, Karen? Sad. Um, she affirmed things. She was like a really good client in that she didn't jump ahead and offer information. She just said, correct, or, or yes, or that's, you know, whatever to give an affirmation. Um, and, and she was really open just to hearing what he had to, to share. She didn't ask about his death. She didn't bring up anything. She just let it really be my dad and open. And then he says to me, um, I'm calm on the other side. And he says, and I want you to tell her that. So I did. And she was really like, what? She was really confused about that. And I, before she could really question it much, he says to me, can you explain that we don't feel the same when we've passed as we did on earth? She thinks I'm feeling the same things. Hmm. This is what's bugging the shit out of her. Okay. So would you want to name his daughter? Oh, no, sorry. Him. She's Shonda. Do you want to name him? Sure. Um, geez. Jason. Jason. So I said to Shonda, all of the things Jason has said, and I said, are you like, I'm checking in with her because this is a, this is within a year. So I said, do you want me to continue or is this upsetting you? She says, well, it's upsetting, but it's kind of good upsetting. And I said, oh, good, because like there are more things he wants to say and he thinks it's going to upset you even more. So she goes, okay, just give me a second. She comes back with a box of Kleenex. Hmm. And she says, ah, I got a box of Kleenex and a recorder. She goes, I think I'm going to record this. I said, okay, good idea. So then he says to me, um, I'm going to shift gears. I raised my kids to be people pleasers. And I said, you did? You as in you alone? And he goes, well, my wife's over here with me. I said, oh, so is that her mother? And some people might think, well, of course, what a stupid question. No. <laughs> there's lots, listen to last week's show. Yeah, there's lots of different family dynamics. And he says, no, it's her mother. And her mother passed before me. So I asked Shonda if that was correct. And she said, yeah. And, I, and he says, and by years, like over two decades. And I'm like, oh, that's a good validation. So I asked Shonda that. And she said, yeah, that I think it had been like 24 years. Hmm. And so she lost her mom pretty young. And, and I'm, you know what? I should clarify. I, I would put Shonda in her late 30s, early 40s. That's horribly young. Yeah. And I said, so what were you like as a dad? And he goes, well, I could be a dick. And he goes, and then I could be really nice and I could be there for them. He says there was so much inconsistency. And I said, okay. I said, what else do you want me to tell her? And he goes, well, he goes, I raised my kids to be people pleasers. And I said, oh, so you're mostly a tyrant who raises your children to people please you. You don't mean everybody else. You mean you. And he goes, nicely said. He says, you've hit the nail on the head. And I said, okay. And, and what about your daughter, Shonda? And he goes, well, as she got into her late te- 20s and 30s, um, she, she started learning about my behavior and her life in a work environment where she had a really good manager and good coworkers that taught her really how you should be treated Mm. so that she could see that the way that I was treating her was not right. 
And he said, then that was the first time she figured out that her dad was a dick. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, like technically figured it out because we feel it. Oh, yeah. We feel it as it's happening. We know it. Yeah. So I repeated that to her about the work environment. And she said that was accurate. And I said, you know, I said, did you treat all the children this way? And he goes, yes, but she came out of it and she came back and she started saying, dad, that's not very nice. Dad, that's rude. Dad, that's ignorance. And he would say, I'm not ignorant. And she would say, it's ignorance. Hmm. And he would go, same thing. And she would say, no, dad, ignorance means a lack of knowledge about something. It means a lack of skill or knowing. And he would go, oh, okay, little Miss Know-it-all. And so she she would say, you know, my coworkers don't talk to me like that. You're not going to talk to me like that either. So she started putting her foot down and standing up for herself. But underneath all of that, Kelly, she started educating herself. So let's word it that way because mm-hmm. that's the truth. And her coworkers were huge in this. And her bosses. So... They started telling her, you can listen to this podcast, you can read these books. This little work environment became the healthiest family she's ever had. But as a result of getting healthy with them, she's... Everyone's like, where do I send my resume? <laughs> yeah. She started seeing how unhealthy her siblings were. Mm-hmm. And she did more and more research and education. She got herself into therapy. And the therapist was able to start helping her identify, well, this is narcissism, this is people-pleasing, this, and she started recognizing these things. So by the time that I'm saying to her, well, you were raised to be a people-pleaser, she was like, amen, girl, (laughs) I said. And then you learned that he had narcissistic, eh, yes, I did. And I said, and then you started getting a toolkit to figure out what to do with the narcissist, and you started creating distance between the two of you. And she went, yes. And I said, and that's when your siblings attacked you because he sends them out to go get you to hold you in. He's not going to do the dirty work. He already did the dirty work. He raised you guys. He feels that the dirty work is over. He's going to let this, all he's got to do is say a couple of comments to the siblings about you and they'll go. Oh, it'd be really nice if Shonda was here for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, she's just been mad at me lately. And lo and behold, if she doesn't get phone calls and visits from her siblings, why are you treating dad like this? He raised us without mom. And so they try and shame her and so on and so on. And so then she goes back to the therapist and the therapist says, well, those are the forms of verbal abuse. So let's deal with that. So she just keeps getting these tools. She finds good therapy. Like, it's just a good, good work environment. She starts cleaning up her friendships, and she ends up with a lovely partner. Mm. Yeah. And so her dad says to me, Karen, I want you to tell her how proud I am of her. But this is the dad that's dead. Because the dad that's alive would have continued the manipulation. And there are literally, like, these two dads in her world now. And she really needs to meet the dad that understands what I did on earth and that I want to value and acknowledge what she's done on earth. So I did. Mm-hmm. And Shonda now, the Kleenex is out and she's crying. And we do some check-ins, Jason and I, to ask her if she's okay and to check her boundaries mm-hmm. and what she needs. Breathers, breaks, time out, change a topic, end of session, anything. 
it's this is all about her. And she can wants to continue. And then I said, Jason, get your ass over here and tell me how you died. And he goes, okay. I said, oh. I was just kind of testing him. And she, he goes, no, it's time. And I said, okay. I said, so what happened? And he goes, well, I'll show you. So he shows me, and I smell it. So he's, um, I don't know what that word is, asphyxiated. Mm-hmm. He went into his garage and with a vehicle in it and ran the, I don't know what you call that. Mm-hmm. Exhaust. The, yes. And he, I don't know what the right terms are for all of that. Um, so he commits suicide and he says, this is what I did. And I said, are you okay? And he goes, well, I'm okay now. And he says, but I'm here to say to my daughter that I regret doing this. Hmm. And I said, "Um, why? And he goes, write down my reasons. So I wrote them down. And he says, because she believes that I didn't love her enough. And had I loved her enough, I wouldn't have taken my own life. And so she she ties those two things together, that if I had just loved the kids enough or her enough, that I wouldn't have taken my life. He says, I do love her, and I do love her brothers and sisters. I still took my life. It wasn't that I didn't love them. I can't do that. It's not that I can't do the two things at the very same time. He says, it was just that my head was so messed. Mm -hmm. And I said, why was your head messed, Jason? And he goes, well, Karen, it's that narcissism. He goes, that just fucks with you. And I said, oh, that's, that's, a, that's an incredible thing to come to learn. And he goes, yeah. He goes, like, my thinking just gets warped. It gets depressed. He goes, I, was, I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. And he goes, nobody really thinks of the narcissist as the person with all the panic attacks. Right, Karen? Or needing help. Yeah. Right? Because they're the last people, even last beneath the people pleasers that are going to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. And he goes, and you know, he says, had, had they all told me to get help? He says, none of them would have told me that. He says, but Shonda did. Mm. He says, Shonda didn't force it down my throat, but she would say, hey, dad, I'm, I'm learning about this and I'm learning that I was raised to be a people pleaser and I'm not blaming you. I know it's just, you know, coping skills after mom died and, and he would dismiss her. And so she'd try again a little later, you know, Dad, I'm not coming for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm telling you up front I'm not coming because these are the behaviors that occur. You're going to drink. You're going you're gonna to be fine at the beginning if you're not too drunk by the time we arrive. Um, you might be half drunk during dinner, and I'll want to leave by then. And then I might stay till after dessert and then leave. And then I'm really mad that I stayed that long. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. My therapist and I have decided that I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving with you on a different day with no alcohol, and we're just going to go for a walk. So it's going to be on different terms now, how we celebrate things. And so he was like, I'm not fucking with you, like, blah. And and so the... Just, just for editing purposes, I did not screw that up. She muted herself. Yeah, I did. Why? I don't There's know. There's a parental advisory sticker on our podcast. Okay, good enough. I won't do that again then. So he swears. Also, people tend to really like when you do it. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of feedback that they have more outbursts of laughter when Karen swears oh. because it's far less frequent. Oh. And well. you're so little. Okay. So I'm not going to fucking walk with you. Yeah. 
And like, and so she tries to create these really healthy alternatives, but the therapist is so good that the therapist says, don't expect him to accept it. Except, expect a flat no and a rage and a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. So Shonda does. And she looks at the tantrum and goes, huh. This is important. I like that you just pointed this out because yeah. if you expect it, then you're not caught off guard by it. Yes. And if you're not caught off guard by it, then you don't freeze. Yes. And then you don't give in and go back into your people pleasing. Yes. So she and this therapist walked through all of this process together um, so that she was prepared for his response. And I talked to her about that and said, oh, you spoke to somebody and they walked you through all of this. You were prepared for this. And she goes, yeah, that's all true. And I'm like, okay, good on you. So she goes, okay. And she's, you know, she got a little smirk on her face. She's, she was proud of herself about that. And that's really good. And then his dad says, or her father says, Jason, I want to apologize about those temper tantrums now because Karen, he says, I had all these temper tantrums all the time and my other kids just responded to the temper tantrums. Dad says he wants another drink and there's no alcohol in the house. Run over, run out to someone's house to get the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Go to the liquor store. If it's closed, maybe we can ask a neighbor for something. Just give it to him. Mm -hmm. So it was always acquiescence. And she went through the phase of, I'm not acquiescing to anything. I know what it is now and I know what it's freaking called. I'm not doing any of that. When the alcohol comes out, it's like a child. You get one drink. At the end of that, I'm out. You know, like the, I'll give you one, two, three counts and I'm gone. She gives him one count and she's gone. And if he's had the alcoholic drink before she's arrived and she sees it out, bye dad, and she's gone. And she walks out the door going, I'm doing the right thing. And I know because psychiatrists and therapists and healthy people have told me these are the healthy things. And dad just wants me to believe that whatever he wants is the healthiest thing because the people pleasing is the most important. And then Jason says to me, that's all true. And that's why I freaking took my life. I was so sick of it. He says, because Karen, at the end of every day, you look at all the kids that people pleased you and you hate them. You despise those little kids. You call them little dweebs, and then you start, and then you can see. Like the rage. The rage. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and then I hated them. And he says, so I, I, I turned and trained my children into people pleasers. They did it to such a 100% degree that I hated them. <sighs> this is going to take a real left turn. And I'm not going to stay there long, but this is what I am learning about slavery. Yes. We are like totally into yes. reading up and educating ourselves about racism. Yeah. And this is essentially what has happened over yes. centuries That's of, right. I'll enslave you, you will serve me, and I will loathe you. And I'll believe that that's the only thing that's true of you. That's right. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that about yeah. his children. Yeah, so he hates the mm. children who do everything for him. And he goes to bed at night and in his hours alone sits and thinks about the daughter that sets all the boundaries and tries to figure it out and comes to realize that she's the only one that's standing up to him. She's the only one setting the healthy boundaries. So he appreciates what she's doing 
to some degree, but still continues with the behavior. But they manage to have some conversations before he suicides, where he sits down and says to her, little tiny things, nothing major. I see you're changing. I see you're just not the way you used to be when you were a kid, eh? Not going to tolerate that anymore, are you now? And so he says it, but there's a little bit of a, Mm okay, okay. And she sees uh, she sees this little bit of change in him, this little hint of respect. Really? Well, and I'll say fear. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, this would probably turn into the most outrageous, ragey part for Shonda, because now if I was ever in question as to whether or not you knew what you were doing, Dad... And he's pointing out that he sees the changes and that he's, his sentence was, I see you're not tolerating this anymore. Then there's, there's a complete, um, confession basically of exactly I'm doing this on purpose and I see it's not working. Exactly where we got. (sighs) Okay. Take it away. Exactly our moment together where over technology When I say this, that I'm just waiting and looking at her, and I'm just waiting. It took, oh, probably a good 30 seconds where there was just complete silence for the first time, and I'm just looking, and then you can see her eyes just like, Mm -hmm. and you can, it's, it's something that you have to see in someone's eyes when there's full acknowledgement of the horror, and I say horror. What are you saying? Horror. Horror. Okay. H-O-R-R-O-R. Like oh my God, Kelly. It's like, oh, uh, I don't follow. Travesty. The horror. Okay. Yes. Of that situation. Of how he parented, who he turned into, how he yeah. raised these children who became her siblings, her adult siblings. These are grown-ups. Well, age-wise, not emotionally, but age-wise, they're grown-ups. Emotionally, they're still all children. He has retarded his children. Mm-hmm. And by retarded, I mean slowed their growth. Mm-hmm. The original definition. Yes. He has stymied their growth. Mm-hmm. And she lived through that and only through finally getting the right help and the, I'll say, her life putting her into some healthier situations, has she been able to say, this is healthy treatment, that isn't? And then Jason says to me, Karen, he says, yes, I committed suicide. He says, but I, the way I would word it is, it was murder by narcissism. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. It took me aback, his comment. I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And I put it down and I thought, that's, that's really strong. So I said to her, um, he, t- he said something that's strong. It's on your page. Would you rather read it? Would you rather it in private? Like when I send this to you by email. And she says, no. She says, Karen, I'd rather you say it to me. I'd rather be with somebody mm. when I hear it. And I said, okay. So I read it to her. And she goes, well, she says, can he explain it at all? And so I said, Jason, what do you want to say around the statement of 
referring to this as a, as a death by murder of narcissism. And he says, Karen, he says, it, it should be known that narcissism kills. It kills relationships. It murders them. It literally is a vicious thing. And he said, my, my drinking did. And he says, but I'm not blaming my death just on drinking. I wasn't, I wasn't drunk when I died. He says, I didn't drink to do it. He says, there wasn't alcohol in the garage. He says, I was completely aware. He said, I, I went in there and ended my life because I was sick of the way that I was living. And I saw that my daughter was getting help, and I wasn't going to do all that work. And he says, so since I'm on the other side, what I really have learned is that all of my thoughts led to my own violent death. That's heartbreaking. It is. You know, because we, we look or we, we listen to the souls and how they process their own death when they're on the other side. And, you know, they're, some pass peacefully and some mm-hmm. pass suddenly and are, you know, they have their what the fuck moment. And then to think that someone would take their own life but have to process their death as a murder because they couldn't escape themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a different painted picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why it would be so important then, like he mentioned, for her to stop, to be able to stop thinking that he is still going through the same thoughts. And that he wanted her to know the unhealthy, narcissistic thought processes were over. Mm-hmm. And he thought this was the only way mm-hmm. that he could get out of that kind of thinking. And why I think... So often on this show, you and I will say, see a healthy therapist. Mm -hmm. And we say a healthy therapist because we do understand, like all careers, that there are healthy and unhealthy, and that we hear from some people, I've been to three therapists, I've been to five, they were no good, not a problem, sorry that you've been through that, see the next one, because if it is the sixth or the seventh, that is healthy, then you found your person and stay with them and get better. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is the way that life is. Mm-hmm. And not to pick on any particular career at all, it's just humans. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are healthy humans and unhealthy humans in every single career. Thank you for preparing this. Yeah, it's my... I'll say it's my pleasure. I think people know where you're coming from. And I think if, if today is your very first episode of Coffee with the Sarlos, I think that it's still evident in your mm-hmm. presentation of the show um, and in your tone. Mm. Even when you're teasing him mm-hmm. and saying, get your ass back over here and take a nap. Like, I think there's just, I think mm-hmm. your relationship with the spirit world is very evident. Mm. Yeah. I Like... I re- like, truthfully, Kelly, my desire is to go for a walk with him tonight. Mm. I I can hardly wait to be with him one-on-one without Shonda there just so that I can say to him, teach me more. Mm-hmm. How, and how and what could I possibly say on a podcast that could stop someone in their tracks to say, hey, honey, am I a narcissist? And like, hey, hey. Oh, my God, that's a trap. Or, or yes. 
but I'm or yeah. go call a therapist and say, hey, I'm here because I have to find out if I am one. I, I maybe I shouldn't be asking my family uh-huh. or or my friends. Um, I'll I'll book with a professional and say, am I one? These are my thoughts. These are my behaviors. Um, I lack empathy, or I can turn it on and off at a dime. I'm concerned about these things, and I I don't want to end up in a, my own violent death. Mm-hmm. of where it gets so bad that I cannot stand my own thoughts. How I treat the people I'm supposed to love, or I look at my whole family and I hate their their guts because they're all people-pleasing me. But that has to say something, that that's how I raised them, was to be a servant to me and my needs and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that if I only have yes people around me, what the hell does that say about me? It says you're a narcissist, dude. Or do this. It says you have problems if the people around you can't ever speak up to you or offer an opinion, or they do, but you always have to have a comeback. Mm-hmm. That says something about you. You book your session. So I'd like to learn more from him how to be able to reach those people. Because as we can see, they can go to such dark places that they're unreachable. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there um, before we kind of wrap up and do our end of show notes. Um, To anyone who's listening who either is the narcissist or loves one or has walked away from one, um, Nina W. Brown is the resource you want to be looking up if you can't get to a therapist right away because some people are put on wait lists. Yeah, she's the queen um, of it. She Well, um, well psychiatrist. Yes. <laughs> she's <laughs> the queen psychiatrist. Yes. Um, she's the one you want educating you. So now she's in the States. She's unable to counsel people outside of her state. So if you're listening anywhere else in the world, um, then pick up her books. Yes. And she has over 34 books on narcissism. She teaches other psychiatrists to be properly trained to deal with narcissists. Mm-hmm. Dr. Romney is on YouTube. She has um, She's a psychologist who specializes in uh, a channel dedicated to dealing with narcissists. Dr. Sam Vaknin is on YouTube. He is amazing. He's the... He's the the he, him of Nina Brown okay. um, that has that level of education to teach others and to mm-hmm. write about it. And he's a psychiatrist um, who does his, um, his channel. He's got hundreds of videos too. They both do. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is saying, well, I don't want to read or I find it difficult to learn from reading, um, there's, there, there's help on YouTube. There's all kinds of podcasts. There's tons and tons of information. So help can be had, and some of it is there and free, um, and some is not. You may, you will have oh. to invest. And it's worth it. And, and I just yeah. want to throw out, too, um, that Patricia Evans, the verbally abusive relationship, that's a must. Oh. You, like, the narcissist yes. knows those inside out. Whether they have a label for them or not, they they know how they operate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be well equipped so that you're not, like we mentioned before, uh, constantly caught off guard, shocked, and then paralyzed. And the nice girl syndrome by Beverly Angel, who deals with the people pleasing aspect of it, mm-hmm. and um, how to recognize how you've been trained to be a people pleaser, the core beliefs about them, 
uh, or that they believe and the healthy beliefs that are the opposite of what you've been trained. And the triggers, how do I identify your triggers so that you don't Go into what you and I call emotional paralysis, where you can't think clearly and then you can't take healthy actions. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I mean, you and I could go on and on with lists of resources for people. Um, This is an overwhelming thing to start with, though. I think those are some good places to begin. Absolutely. And and you know what, Kelly, I like to give the listeners a variety Mm -hmm. Um, because some people are really good at writing it all down and taking their time and realizing this is a lifelong process, go slow, go easy, learn. Um, And and some people do like to jump in and they might buy all the books and start and go gangbusters. But I would still suggest that they get into therapy if this is Mm -hmm. part of their life. And with somebody who is specialized in narcissistic behavior, because they don't all specialize in that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anyone is playing along with our bingo card today, uh, we did not do that on purpose, uh, but I'm sure you're yelling bingo because <laughs> we talked about every resource that we've yeah. got here. Yeah. Um, are you good with today's show then? I am. I, I I don't know if this particular Shonda will recognize herself in this story or if there are so many so clients many that you and I have seen that we will be bombarded with emails saying thank you so much for mm-hmm. protecting my identity because, of course, that's not the names of the clients. Um, but I just wanted to say that we support them. Mm-hmm. I want the Shondas out there and the Jasons to know that there are healthy human beings and we we want to be part of their team mm-hmm. in any way that we can, just like her coworkers do and her bosses, mm-hmm. right? There are good people here. Good. Okay, so if you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at com. If you've heard enough about these bingo sheets and you just want to play, you can email us at info at com to request one. We'll give you a downloadable file. It is free, so don't uh, don't worry that you're bugging us. We want people to play along and being as engaged as possible with the podcasts. If you have a moment today and you're on YouTube, if you can hit the subscribe button to our channel, that would be most appreciated. Um, or if you're listening to from your favorite podcast platform and you haven't subscribed, please take the time to do so. Your likes, shares, comments, reviews, and testimonials mean the world to us because it means that these stories get a bigger reach to people who really need them. We hope you have an excellent Saturday and a great weekend. 